You are now entering the mind of one of rock's greatest musicians, a former singer of Styx. The exclusive podcast, Come Sail Away, with Dennis D. Young. Testing one, two, three, oh, <clears throat> get it all the way up, all the way up, there you go. Hey kids, how you doing? Dennis DeYoung here today. I, I've come to you today to ruin it completely. I know, that, that's my job today, because I'm going to talk to you about politics. Whoa! People were in, they just ran out of the room screaming. Nope, <clears throat> not the way you think it's going to be uh, talked about today. I am not going to be some pampered musician rock star s- sitting up here pontificating about what, sh- you, know, what you, th- you should think politically. Because uh, it's none of my business. But I want to do today is really talk about how, in God's name, did we end up at this point in our country where we seem so radically divided? You know what I mean? Doesn't it bother you every day? You, you think, my God, what happened here? Um, and I'm going to try to shed some light from my point of view of where it began and what were the reasons for it. Well, it's the great intersection that began in 1960 with politics, television, and show business. Yeah, I know show business. I'm in show business, okay? Our politicians in 1960 began to have to be part of this showbiz culture. If anyone has ever seen or remembers uh, Dwight Eisenhower, this is not show business. This is something else. This is just serious politics. I mean, would <clears throat> would Eisenhower get elected today? He didn't have any hair. I, I, I don't think he would. But anyway, going back to 1960, when I think the whole, the whole paradigm shift occurred, <clears throat> the first televised presidential debates between John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon brought to you live in glorious black and white from Chicago, Illinois, on TV station, public TV station, WTTW. That was the beginning of it. And, and how so? Well, historically speaking, if you check the facts, you could Google this, kids. If you check the facts, people who listened to this debate on the radio said, Nixon wins in a landslide. Those folks who watched the TV broadcast said, Kennedy one in a landslide. Does this mean Republicans don't own TV sets? Only Democrats? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. What it shows clearly, this was the first time we got to see presidential candidates face-to-face in real time, watch them as human beings, not simply listen to them on the radio or hear little bits and bites. And what did we see? Well, in, 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 in perfect harmony with the, with the idea of Camelot that would, um, would later on uh, kind of define the, the Kennedy administration, there was John F. Kennedy standing there looking like Lancelot. And on the other side, there we have Richard Nixon looking like Madrid. Now, if you know anything about Cam- Camelot, look that up. Poor Richard, I, I, I understand that he had hurt his knee or something and he was not feeling right and he was, you know, he had a little perspiration on his face. He looked unshaven. He looked dark and evil. And there's Kennedy standing, you know, looking like a model, the perfect Sir Lancelot. So if you're looking at it, <clears throat> you're going to be swayed by what you see, not just by what you listen to. All right. That's where it begins. We see these people in real time. So television to me represents 
the beginning of show business in politics. I want to skip ahead now. 1968, turbulent year, turbulent year in the United States. Uh, it was going to be, I think it was Humphrey uh, against uh, Richard Nixon, the first uh, time for Nixon around. As, as I'm sorry, second time around. He's come back. We have Nixon to kick around again, as he so aptly put. And it was held in Chicago, again in my city, where the Democratic National Convention was absolutely overrun with protesters against the Vietnam War. And their candidate, Hubert Humphrey, was kind of like a middle-of-the-road Democrat. But the scenes on television, again, were so brutalizing, pitting law and order candidates, I guess, against those who would be more liberal. There you see the police in the streets and all the young people getting kicked and beat. This was a very pivotal moment. But what made it even more important and more show busy was in 1968 when ABC had the idea of putting William F. Buckley and Gore Vidal, Buckley from the right, Gore Vidal from the left, televising these two guys debating, again, the issues theoretically, supposedly, of conservatism versus liberalism. So there it was in our living rooms again. Was it fascinating and interesting and great TV watching these two go at it? It was, but it ended in this horrific kind of name-calling thing. So there you are sitting in your living room again, and you're looking at this stuff, and you feel, okay, I'm picking a side. Am I with this guy or with that guy or with neither of them? But right there again, it's show business. These guys debating. Even if there are issues at hand that are being discussed that are important and valid, it's still TV show business. And from that, those debates, because they were successful, CBS comes with the 60-minute show, and they in- introduce a another bit of theatrical political TV with their um, trying to think what it was James Kirkpatrick who was a, 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 a conservative against oh my god James Kirkpatrick against Shana Alexander she was the liberal and every week on 60 Minutes these two would go at it hammer and tong from the far right from the far left you know beating this thing and what are they creating controversy pick a side that's my team that's my team Okay, and there they were. Some of the stuff was fascinating to watch. And you find yourself either yelling at one person or another during the whole doggone debate. But you were asked theatrically to pick a side between these two. And so thus begun this whole idea when news people and uh, people who brought you the news understood that, yes, news didn't have to be cut and dried. It could be theater where... You have the protagonist and the antagonist, and you cho- you choose which one you like. You know, so does it does it does it is it important to have someone in the middle who sees good and bad from both sides? No, why? Because it's not drama. The drama comes when the opposites clash. So that's how it is all translated. And over the years, more and more, you got point, counterpoint. You th- you know, there's the, all these programs today, all these on the cable news, they pit the far right against the far left. And, and, and the guy who is, let shall we say, he likes to go from column A and column B. He's not really on the red team. He's not really on the blue team. He sees good and bad in both. 
Where is he left? Out in the cold. You got to join. You got to be part of one of these fraternities, one of these clubs. Pick a side. It's drama, man. Come on. We want to know, is it comedy? Is it tragedy? Well, I think it's comedy and I think it's tragedy for our country because I don't believe the vast majority of these people in the United States are from Team Blue or Team Red from the far, the, the far end elements of either side. I believe they can say, I take a little from column A, I'll take a little from column B. That's what I think the majority of people are, are like in this country. But they're defined as the mushy middle. Well, count me in the mush. Call me Mr. Mush. I don't care. Because these political parties today have gotten to the point where they, they expect you to believe that the other party has never had a good idea in its life. And that's how they conduct their business. No compromise. They're, they're always wrong. We're always right. What nonsense. Two quick examples. Simple. I think Abraham Lincoln, he, did re, he, he was the guy that sat down and wrote the Emancipation Proclamation. I believe he did that. I think he was a Republican. And then you jump ahead to the 60s. Just to make two quick examples, I believe the Democrats were the ones leading the way for the Civil Rights Movement. They were. So you look at those two examples, and immediately the idea that the other team is always wrong, and you're always right, is completely and totally refuted. It's nonsense. Okay? So today, we have an entire entertainment industry, talk radio, and political discourse on television that's dedicated really to the drama, to the conflict. And if you, get, if you don't have that conflict, your ratings die. People are interested in conflict. They like it. Why? They like sporting events. That's why in every, in, in every story there's a, a hero and a villain. That's just the way it is. But this is bad for us. This is bad for us because... We're not to the far left and the far right, most of us. Sure, some of us are, but not all of us. And <clears throat> when, I, when I look back and I think, okay, show business is fun. It's distraction. Maybe it can edify, okay? But mostly it's entertainment. And the minute this entertainment value gets attached to our politicians, it's, I think it's dangerous for all of us. And so here we sit today being asked to make Choices from extremes. And I think it really began with the advent of drama and television and the people who run television and radio understanding this is a way to attract an audience and, dare I say it, make money. So here we sit today. We look at the political situation and we ask these people, hey, guys, can, you know, compromise compromises is absolutely important in this country because if we are divided, nobody can really have their way. They can't just rule and say, oh, by fiat, some compromise is necessary. I suspect for some compromise is a terrible word. But for me, I think it's a necessity for this country. And the sooner politicians sit down and understand that they need for the good of the American people, not for their candidacy for re-election or for the small gerrymandered uh, districts that they ran in. And that's gerrymandering. Another thing that drives me nuts, I've been saying this for 10 years. You know, how do we get these people in Washington that seem so opposed? Well, when politicians get to draw the maps in their states, they try to put all like-minded people in these little areas. So what, who do they elect? 
Who do they elect? Well, when you go in there, you got all these like-minded people are, are the far right or the far left. The candidates are not going to represent a, a, a mixture of people. They don't have to compromise because their constituency is so specific to what their goals are. If you draw the maps, I don't know how they do this. Don't ask me. I can draw a bunny, but a map, I don't know that I could draw. But if they drew a map, you know, the computer, and then they forced some of these from over there on this side, from the blue and the over from there, together, then the candidates would more likely reflect the fact that they have to compromise and have a position that's so not, it's not so radical to get sent to Washington. Oh, my God. I think that's a, that, that might help us here. Because by the time these guys get from these gerrymandered districts to Washington, they don't have to please anybody but a very small portion of their true believers. And so I don't know what got me on this tirade. I've been watching too much news, driving me mad. How about you? I have stopped watching news in the last six, nine months because I can't take it anymore. It just doesn't make any sense. So I have to get. I have to take a moment here because I just twisted my aunt's ankle falling off the soapbox I'm on. I hope I haven't ruined your day because to me this is not political. This is about what's good for Americans. And remember, anybody who says, the American people believe if it isn't followed by this, by this statement, they're all going to die, then I don't listen to the rest of it because the American people truly do not believe as a collective in one thing. They just don't. So beware of the politician who says that and beware, more importantly, of the big mouth rock star musician who even opens his mouth. Anyway, I hope the universe is spinning in your direction. Cheers. And let me just say this. Lady! In case you didn't like what I was just talking about. Okay, bye-bye. Enlightening? Perhaps. Entertaining? Always. Thanks for listening to the podcast, Come Sail Away, with Dennis DeYoung. Get the next new episode Friday morning at 7 a.m. on this website.